Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and tonight I'm joined. At, there's a real Friday feeling about tonight's game because I'm joined by Laura Bradburn and Alan Morrison. Welcome to the show, guys. We're here to talk about the Ross County game. We are obviously in collaboration now on Match Day with our friends at Celtic Down Under. They came on. They told us all about Ange. They told us not to worry. Everything would be fine. And they were right, and now we collaborate with them. Even when it's four o'clock in the morning and they're all sleeping, we will be streaming live on their Twitter page and live on Axom's YouTube page. I'm guessing you've both had a chance to have a look at the starting lineup, and a lot of the chat this week was about 
How do we treat this game? How do we treat this tournament, actually, at this stage? Do we rest players? Well, Ange has responded with this lineup. Alan Morrison, I'll come to you first for your general view mm-hmm. on the team line. Still a strong team to pick, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just first and foremost, an overriding feeling is just excitement at being able to see the team play again. I mean, and that's just such a nice, that's a lovely thing to, to say and to a feeling to have. And and even last season, if we'd made that many changes, there would have been genuine trepidation. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the manager did a, a piece in midweek with, I think it was the Open Goal uh, podcast. And he, he talked about that in his mind, he probably had about 13, 14 players mm-hmm. that he could trust uh, a lot of the, for a lot of the season to play until we got to the January and got, got those four players in. Uh, especially when it started to settle down and then he didn't really fiddle or tinker with the, with the lineup much after that. Um, and, and and so you know to to, to 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 feel that from to feel that he can make this volume of changes, although <laughs> poor old Callum McGregor still doesn't get a rest, um, is 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 a great is is great to think that you know he's got this known this number of players that he feels he can trust to win an important game, and it is an important game. We're defending a trophy here. Mm. You know this isn't a, this isn't a secondary uh, concern. I don't think the number of changes is reflective of. Um, any disrespect to the, either the competition or to the opposition, Ross County. I think it's a genuinely that he feels that the team have been training really hard. They've had four weeks training. In fact, again, in that interview, which I'd strongly recommend people look at, he, he, he even alluded to the fact that he felt that the players had they, they'd almost been training so hard that they were perhaps not, not at their best on match day. And, right. and it's all geared towards being in peak condition for the Champions League matches. So I, thought, I found that very interesting. So this is all about, you know, especially in those Champions League games and big games, you know, two games a week now, all these players are going to have to be ready for action because no one's going to play, you know, 60 games. You know, there's people are going to play 30, 40 games. Even some of the ones tonight will play, will potentially start 20, 25, 30 games easily. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's, you know, it, it, to me, it's sensible. It isn't disrespectful and it's really exciting because, you know, he trusts these players and he, th- he thinks they'll do, they'll do the job tonight. Yeah, that is a very interesting point in that you've got to be uh, at that kind of level uh, to step in. I think the case in point is Stephen Welsh. We've not seen him since the first day of the season. We know there's been some illness in, in about that as well. He's not on the bench against Dundee United. He comes straight in and gets a start. We'll run through the team, Laura, but um, generally when you've seen that coming out, what was your thoughts? Uh, pretty much what I expected based on, like you say, the conversations that have been going around. Obviously, the the thoughts amongst the coaching staff is very much the same as what the thoughts are amongst the fan base, which is a again a refreshing change to 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 see. Um, I think the thing that struck me though was it's easy to say we've got a strong squad, and it's easy to think we've got a strong squad, but it's only when you see. The calibre of lineup we can put out tonight that's supposedly second string that, you know, I would potentially be happy to see, you know, play most of the, the top sides in in Scotland. You know, there's there's a lot of significant changes there. The biggest one for me being obviously Joe Hart not being in goal and it being Segrist instead. But having said that, I always thought he was a, a perfectly competent goalkeeper anytime I saw him playing for Dundee United, so I'm not concerned there. And as for the rest of the squad, well, basically, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eye at any of those being in, in the starting lineup any given week. So actually, although it might be 
a weaker squad or a second string team, um, I'm certainly not concerned that it's got not got the strength to do what we need to do tonight. You know, I think uh, the credit that Ange has been getting in relation to his recruitment is well deserved. But you've just got to look at the fact that I think we've probably shelled out uh, about 12 or 13 what you would class as first team players, not those on the periphery that's maybe made a substitute appearance, etc. Uh, but 12 or 13 players who were in the first team squad and we've moved them on um, either permanently or temporarily on on loan deals. Um, yet we can still field a team like you say, Laura, that's got a very much um, a striking string element to it and it's still pretty strong. I mean, you can still go into a game like uh, tonight, which is a very tricky uh, fixture often for Celtic, um, still with the confidence that you're got a strong enough team on the park and we will run through that team I'll bring it up on the screen I know people complain about this because they want to see uh, the faces of Alan Morrison and Laura Bradburn um, <laughs> rather than looking at the Stop team it. but let's bring it up let's bring it up here and we'll have a wee look at uh, how we've lined up for anyone who hasn't uh, checked us out online we have uh, Segrist interestingly starting his first game for Celtic um, almost came on after poor Joe Hart got a wee knock to the head at the weekend um, but unsurprisingly he comes in to make his uh, first start for Celtic since he's moved from Dundee United we've got Tony Ralston uh, back in at right back this is his first start of the season Burnaby first start of the season at left back uh, Stephen Welsh he's been out since the opening day against Aberdeen where he scored Maritz Jens is back in after missing the 9 nothing drubbing of Dundee United. Uh, in the midfield, as Alan says, McGregor doesn't get a rest. Um, he's heading towards 400 appearances. It's 383 tonight. Uh, we've got Aaron Moy, first start for Celtic. Looking forward to seeing his performance. I thought when he came on at the weekend, and Alan can elaborate on this, he, he performed particularly well. Uh, David Turnbull, he's been involved in every game, um, albeit not everyone has been a starting uh, game for Turnbull, but he starts tonight. Abada, uh, following his hat-trick, starts alongside Maeda, um, who is back in on the left, and Yakamakis also getting his first start of the season. On the bench, we've got Bain, Starfelt, Kyogo, Haksabanovic, who might make his debut, McCarthy, Jota, Hatati, Forrest, and Juranovic. Uh, we've said this a few times, what a strong bench. But in terms of what I was saying there about Aaron Moy, I'm looking forward to seeing him tonight, Alan, but I did notice uh, some of your stats uh, were, were being tweeted out. Um, really just showing how powerful a performance uh, he had against London United. Yeah, listen, uh, as I always say repeatedly and, and make no apology for it, you know, context is always important. So if you're coming on at 6-0 or whatever it was, 7-0 at the time that he came onto the pitch, um, you know, it, there's not a lot of jeopardy in the game and you can pretty much just kind of relax into it clearly as a way to demoralise opposition. So that has to be taken into account. But uh, having said all that, you know, he did he did show, uh, I would say, a, a, an improved range of passing, I think, in his, in his very brief appearances so far, he's looked very safe, very conservative mm. almost, uh, really just easing himself into the game, looking like he's just kind of just really feeling his way. We saw a little bit more. We saw a, few, a couple of, I mean, the pass for um, Maida that set up a bad as hat-trick goal was, was an exceptional pass. What, I, what, what, what enthused me was, was that when he came on as well, Dundee United were really in damage limitation mode. They went back to, to a, a sort of 4 5 one they dropped a bit deeper, and there actually there was less space than there had been uh, in any part of the game um, in those closing minutes. But he still found uh, about 14 line-breaking passes in the brief time that he was on the pitch, completed 
know, 50 passes in like 28 minutes. Um, four four of his passes were then were then uh, passed to someone to create a shot. So you, you know, they were creative passes as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just I just he, he just looks like it's very easy for him at this level. And I know it's not a great example. If he came on with 20 minutes to go away to Hibs, Nora go down, it would be very different. And we and you'd you'd have to play at higher tempo. There'd be more risk involved, etc. And you have to take that into consideration. But he does, on the face of it, look like someone who's <laughs> who's uh, playing well within himself. And there's an awful lot more to come. So quite excited about that. The other thing that I felt about him, and, and again, I don't have a lot of evidence for it, was just a feeling really was that because he's he's not the most athletic, he's not the quickest, he's not the biggest, most physical player. But he does seem to have a bit of intelligence about him in terms of the positions that he takes up, you know, with his use of his body, the way he just blocks people off. He's quite clever. And so I think, you know, again, what I'll be looking for is in the sort of hectic opening moments of this game when I'm sure Ross County will try and, you know, get forward as well. Um, you know, what's he like in that transition? What's he like in filling the space in front of the back four, et cetera? I'll be really uh, be looking out for that to see how he how he copes with that. Now, Ross County themselves have made um, a number of changes tonight as well. So um, they, they, they've, they've not got, the, I would say, their their Saturday team out either. So um, no. I'm interested to see how that goes. But someday they should be fresh and looking to make a make an impression. They've had a tough start to the season with their fixtures. But, yeah, listen, it's Ross County. It's always difficult there. It's a tight wee pitch. and um, um, it, So, Moy, Moy, how does he play under a bit more pressure? That'll be the thing I'll be looking for tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, as Alan was saying there, Laura, it is all about context. Of course it is. Um, we've gone up to uh, Ross County, uh, a completely different looking side that we had on the day. And we eventually got the win. We eventually got the win. And I think one of the important parts of that particular game was uh, Monique Jens' his performance. I've been very impressed with Jens. But I guess one of the, the dilemmas, there may well be a few after tonight's game, but one of the big dilemmas may well be the, the central defensive partnership, Laura, whereby um, we came to uh, grow in confidence with Starfelt and Carter Vickers last season. But this season we've seen a combination of those two, uh, but also Carter Vickers lining up uh, alongside Stephen Welsh and Maurice Jens. And tonight we've got a new partnership of Jens and Welsh. Do you think uh, one of the central defensive jerseys is still up for grabs? I know that there might be uh, kind of default answers by Ange that every jersey is up for grabs, etc. But this is certainly one of those positions, isn't it? That uh, Starfelt comes back in against Dundee United, scores a goal, plays well. Um, yet we still have Welsh in the, in the sidelines. I'm not sure he'll start. But Jens has definitely got a shout for the game against Rangers, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean... Um... I am glad I'm not hosting tonight because it means I don't have to look at the comments so I can be completely as honest as I want to be. <laughs> I, I, I've i never come out of a game where we won 9-0 still being concerned about any player in the team, but I was concerned about Carol Starfelt because <laughs> I just think that he just looks so unsure of himself and so panicked with the ball. He... he He's poor passing on a couple of occasions uh, nearly gave Dundee United some chances early on in the game. And I think Morris Jentz, as little as we've seen of him, just seemed so much more stable of an influence along with Car- uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers. And I know that I know that on the ball uh, ability isn't necessarily what you look for in a defender first and foremost. But when you're talking about... Um, 
a team who has so much possession and who depends on every player in that team to use possession to the best of their ability, especially domestically. Um, you've got to factor that in when you evaluate a player. And uh, and I just don't think Carol Starfelt's got that for me. Um, I think Jens has got a confidence about him that doesn't go so far as being arrogant that I think he just seems comfortable with what he's been asked to do by Ange in terms of his distribution, in terms of the amount of the ball that he sees. Because to be absolutely honest, you see it with a number of defenders who are who are decent enough defenders that mm. that they depending on the team that they play for, um, they can either look like, you know, captain leader legend whatever you want to call it or they can look like Bambi on ice and I think unfortunately for Carol Starfield he might fare better in a team where he's got less of the ball to deal with uh, at his feet um, because I genuinely think that that's a weakness of his I, I actually think he's he's weak defensively as well but I mean that's that's for an, another discussion for another day so in summary the, the, the shirt is up for grabs and I would personally put Welsh or Jens ahead of Starfield in terms of somebody who I think is going to claim it You're still allowed to look at the comments Laura uh, just because <laughs> you're not presenting the show you can still have a wee look through them um, what I'm going to say about this is some things that Alan Morrison um, that you've said before Alan that really resonate with me is that there are moments in games that you remember as a, an observer of football which I am uh, I don't you know if I come away from a game and you ask me who's played well it's moments that you remember and uh, I think after the Dundee United game uh, we did mention although we weren't critical of Carol Starfield but we did mention the fact that there was one slack pass Juranovic bit of a hospital ball I think it was Middleton almost well he had a decent shot at goal as a result of that but I wasn't critical of his performance because I thought that he you know, he, he did pretty well against Stephen Fletcher. And I think Fletcher, in a very poor Dundee United side, played per- particularly well under the circumstances. If you're going into this game at the weekend, and I'm not getting ahead of myself, I know we're focusing on Ross County, but we're chatting about it, Alan. Uh, based on your kind of more analytical um, observations of football, who do you think are the, the top two in terms of the centre-half positions at the moment? Yeah, so I mean, this I think this is perhaps the one area that would concern me tonight. It, it feels that without you know Carter Vickers, it, it doesn't feel as safe. <laughs> he's because he's just so incredibly consistent, um, and I think almost he's he's at the stage like he'd completely got overlooked for all of the personal awards last season, and he started this season in the same form, and everyone just takes it for granted. And you might find tonight <laughs> that, that you might realise that realise what you take for granted isn't there. You, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to cause alarm. I don't think I don't, I don't honestly think we'll be under that much pressure. But he is such a steadying influence, and and in fact, what what impressed me most about and I know you're asking about the other two, but I'll come to that. What impressed me most about Carter Vickers last season was that his own personal performances never suffered, despite playing with a player Starfelt who took a long time. To settle into the into the Scottish game yeah. now, often as we saw the season before, when we saw a weak link in the defence um, with one player, then it, the whole structure crumbled. Uh, you know, in, in, in Lennon's last last season, so so I, that was another reason why I took to Carter because even even when all around him wasn't necessarily secure, and one week it was Juranovic, one week it was Ralston, Starfelt was making a lot of personal mistakes, etc. And the left back spot, you know, was a bit of rotation there. He, his personal performances never, never wavered. So that's so. This is a chance tonight to see if the other two can 
and step up in that regard. Both have played really well. Welsh was excellent in, against Aberdeen. He was absolutely excellent. Mm. And uh, Jens was very good um, in, in the two games that he played. So, so you know, that's been a really interesting uh, uh, really interesting position. I mean, coming back to Starfeld, I've not really changed my opinion on him. I, 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 I'd, actually, I'd actually gone as far as to write him off by the end of last, uh, you know, end of December last year. And to his credit, what he did do is he he didn't change. I don't think he's a, he's not you know he's he's, a, he's a, what he's twenty six, twenty seven years old now. I don't think he's fundamentally going to change his game. But what he did do is he cut out the sort of personal errors. He had a very high error rate, uh, real really bad sort of individual errors uh, in in, his, in the first six months of his career, and he he largely cut those out in the second, and it, and it felt like the team were almost playing. Playing around his limitations a little bit, he wasn't. He, he was playing a lot, a lot safer on the ball. He wasn't trying to be do anything too sort of difficult. Um, I think there was a more settled nature to the team, and the whole team were more comfortable with what the manager was asking them to do. And so, for all those reasons, it, it just felt a bit more secure and a bit safer. Mm. So, I think he's improved, and I've given that. But there's certain things that won't change, and the things that won't change are. In Scotland, he's going to be coming up against big, lumping centre forwards, and that you know his, his, his lack of physicality in terms of his physique, his, his size, allied to the fact he's a very aggressive defender. He's a very front foot aggressive defender, which means he gets caught under the ball a lot. He he anticipates things and then gets it wrong, um, etc. Means that, that that aspect of his play isn't isn't going to change. Now, funnily enough, I th- I think against European opposition who don't have such an emphasis on long high balls into that channel and, and if you watch all Celtics opposition they bang the ball on top of Greg Taylor and on top of Starfelt that's what yeah. they do <laughs> virtually every every team does that um i think in europe his kind of he's, he's stronger as a ground based defender than he is as an aerial defender he might actually and he's relatively kind of quick and he's aggressive into the tackle he might actually uh, do better in some of the european games possibly but i, I you know his passing's not great. It's his, as I said to you before, the the thing that I immediately developed a sort of cognitive bias against him was, was just the whole his whole body positioning. The, the, the he just looks awkward and clumsy when he's positioning himself to receive the ball always on his right foot. Um, and again, it just it means he loses milliseconds, and we are talking fractions of seconds here in terms of his positioning just to, to deal with balls. And he won't get that in Europe. He'll be he'll, the people will be on him pressing him really really quickly. So for me, it's still not, you know, a resolved position. And I think it's all up for grabs. I think it's too early for Jens. I don't have enough data, frankly. I like the fact that he looks quite two-footed. He seems to have a bit of pace about him. He's also got a mistake in him, I think, as well. He's, he's a bit younger. He's still got a lot to learn. So, mm. um, And I think Welsh is a, is a pretty steady player, actually. He's, he's pretty consistent as well. But he suffers in the same way Starfelt does in terms of he's just not a big defender. So, again, under the high ball. And tonight, you know, Ross County have, have, um, have, have you know, benched their, their sort of quicker, more skillful direct strikers that they've had. Um, I think the lad, Hewula, uh, um, uh, and then uh, also Edwards uh, and or Rigby, and they've, put, they've gone back with big, big hulking Jason White. So it's going to be, it's going to be Jason White. You know, got got Starfelt sent off the last time that they, they played against each other. You know, he, he bullied him, uh, smashed mm. him in the face, roughed him up, one headers against him. Eventually got sent off. So 
that's one to watch again. Really, uh, would be a slight a slight concern. So, yeah, not 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 convinced yet. I still think it's an area that Celtic could improve. That's interesting. I mean, uh, you mentioned a couple of times there about age of particular players. Um, four, only four players are aged twenty seven or older this evening. Yakamakis, of course, McGregor at twenty nine. Moy at 31 and Seagrass at 30. It's quite a young side that's out there, which I think is a feature of many of the signings that uh, Ange Postacoglu has made. Quite a young defence as well. But let's get some of the comments coming in. Richard Austin think this might be a bit closer. I'm pretty sure it will be. Uh, than the 9-0 anyway. You and Boy Martin, uh, good to see you back in the chat. Tonight could be a tough uh, match, but much more important games to focus on. We should still be okay. I am confident. I think uh, with all the, the comings and goings, and I think we will talk a wee bit about that as well, uh, what we have less of um, are are players who are, are not contributing. So when we make a, a raft of changes, nine changes in a starting lineup, what you're getting is players who are vying for a jersey. They're not just on the, the edges of the, the squad, Laura. Um, and I think one of the things today, I never commented on social media about it because I thought, you know, I'll have a wee chat about it tonight is that we have obviously lined up a deal for Albion Ayeti. Um, so looking through the, the transfers, obviously I have been very impressed with those coming in. Hopefully we'll see another one tonight with Haksabanovic uh, coming on to make his debut. But Albion Ayeti, um, he secured a loan deal to Strum Graz and um, there is a possibility that that will turn into, there is an option to buy, it will turn into a permanent deal. Um, I think within one transfer window, if you are able to offload uh, Julien, Ayete, Bolongoli, Soro and Barkas all in one window Laura you think to yourself wow what an incredible transfer window that is already before you start looking at the arrivals how impressed have you been with that there seems to be a real urgency for us just to you know what let's get the deadwood out no disrespect to the players but they're not contributing let's move them on and let's freshen up the squad yeah, I think it's as important a part of of management and of squad management as as bringing players in. Obviously, bringing players in is the more exciting part um, because you're you're hopeful that they're going to come in and make an impact. And getting getting players out of the door is is less exciting because you're presumably doing that. Certainly, in this case, because they haven't had the impact that you want them to have. Occasionally, with it. I do feel a little bit disappointed. So, for example, Owen Moffat going to Blackpool, as much as I think it's a great move for him and he'll get opportunities, there is always a bit of you that's disappointed when a young player who's come through the Celtic system has kind of made that move permanent in a way that means they will not get their chance at Celtic. But as for Ayeti and some of the other ones you rhymed off there, there was, you know... it just proves once again that the manager has judgment that I trust because I can't complain about the about any of the players who've been who've been sent out. Um, they would not have been anywhere near the Celtic first team except in dire circumstances in most cases. And so, getting rid of them frees up wages. Uh, hopefully, brings in funds for us to strengthen the squad in another way. Because as we can see from tonight, for example. Um, and just is fulfilling his promise to up the the level of the entire squad, not just the first eleven. You know, we've we've been played games in the last few years. You can think of ones, um, Joey Dawson, um, other players of that ilk who have mm. come in and who you kind of go, oh, I forgot we even had that player. I forgot we even that was somebody who was even still at the club. What you're seeing tonight and what hopefully will be a feature going forward is that we've got a squad of 20-odd players, 
all of whom will contribute significantly to whatever we go on and win this season. And if getting some players out of the door who aren't going to contribute to that helps us to, to improve the entire level of the squad, then I'm more than happy to see it happen. I think it's a great point you make there because you mentioned both Moffat and Dawson and there were occasions last season, Laura, where we had to use them. Um, Moffat was used at, um, I still call it Love Street, um, New St Mirren Park or whatever they call it these days. I'm an, I'm an old-fashioned git. <laughs> and uh, Joey Dawson, of course, came on on Boxing Day, didn't he, when Kyogo pulled up. So you have seen a, an incredible turnaround in personnel uh, when you look, Alan, at some of the departures, some some of the younger players that Laura was, was alluding to there, that you thought might have had a future at Celtic, Ewan Henderson, for example, Karamoko Dembele, and uh, young Owen Moffat, who, you know, they've got some first-team experience at Celtic, it's not worked out for them, there's been changes with the B-team set up. Is Ange looking at that situation and, and thinking that you know, perhaps he's pretty disappointed with the, the lack of or the dearth of talent that is coming through because it looks as though he's shaking it up right down to that level as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think we're seeing the first signs of that because obviously the, the management at the top of the academy structures change with Tommy McIntyre leaving and McManus and O'Day taking more of a, a, a you know a running of that. So that's I think that's the, only the first steps. I don't I don't I don't believe that I'm just spent a lot of time and focus on on the B the B team or the academy. Because last year when he joined, it was just an absolute, you know, catastrophe that he had to deal with, and somehow get a team on the pitch to start. Don't the use season. that word catastrophe. Evangelist, <laughs> <All right, okay. laughs> <laughs> um, and then he had he sort of had one, you know, he had, a, he had a transfer window in January to start to get some of the players in that he wanted, and then he had a, a very sm- slim squad of players that he trusted to sort of see out the season. This season, this this summer, his priority has been about building a squad. Of players that can play sixty games, and that, I think he's he's almost there with that. I think I think we're we're about a couple short, I would say, but we're almost there. Um, so I, I think the next the next focus of his attention, let's call it phase three, will be yeah that that the conveyor belt, if you want to call it that. But I think it's a tough a tough ask, um, you know. And this is I mean this is a subject we could probably spend a lot of time talking about. But, but ultimately, for me, it, it the whole. Set up in Scotland is just structurally wrong. There is no pathway for young players to go from, you know, uh, the youth football into the into the Premier First Team. There just, there just isn't. The Lowland League is is too low a level, and in any case, the players playing in there at cap to eighteen. So if you're nineteen, twenty, twenty one, what do you do? You're either exceptional and you're in the first team squad, and that's kind of Abada and Welsh really have been the only two that you could say that of. Um, on a regular basis, or or you have to go out on loan. In which case, you know, why are you buying these players to send them out on loan? Now, the loan can be successful. We've seen players go to especially leagues like English League One and Two, and and the, even the Scottish Championship. These are those three divisions are really physically tough. You know, they're tough leagues full of gnarly old pros. You know, you learn a lot in those leagues, so that's not a bad thing to do. But, but again, they come back, and then you know, are they good enough for the first team? It's it's as I say, the whole the whole structure is broken, and that's not Celtic's fault. That's Scottish football's fault. So it's yeah. a really tough ask, I think. Celtic can do better, absolutely. They can have um, they can have the best academy facilities. They can have the best academy coaches. They can have the best sports science. They can have the best data, the best nutrition, the best physios. None of those things 
to be world-class in all those departments. None of those things are outside of the gift of a club the size of Celtic. We can't buy the best players in the world because they're too expensive. But why can't we have the best physio? How much does a physio cost, right? Why can't you have the best injury detection software? Why can't I have the, the best data analysts? You don't, they hardly pay them peanuts anyway. So a good, a good one's not that much more expensive than a bad one. You might as well get a good one, right? So all these things, they should be working to, and that will at least provide an environment. And if you got in an environment, you'll then start to attract, you know, the, 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 better, the better kids. Celtic should have the best young players in Scotland, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. For the biggest club, with the best facilities, the most money, we should have, we should have the best young players footballers in Scotland as a minimum and then you sort of build from there so you know two things it's structurally broken and Celtic can do better but you need to fix the first one to to really get traction from the investment in the second one yeah absolutely there are things in Scottish football and like you say that are so frustrating for football fans uh, refereeing being one of them the, the the system of youth development being another and also um, just those running the game you know, they're not very good, are they? Uh, Strange love the doctor. Lots of changes in the Ross County side tonight too. Good point, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Feed the Bear reckons 4 nothing to the hoops. 91. Come on, you boys in green. Stick a fiver on it, Feed the Bear. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying you should gamble, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am looking forward to tonight's game. I think that Ange Postacoglu um, was always going to tinker with the side tonight. But I'm looking forward to seeing the debuts um, of some of the, the players Hopefully the one on the bench comes on, Haksabanovic. And there is murmurings that we might bring in another player before the transfer window smashes shut. I'll let everybody get on to the action. We'll be back at halftime. I've got to thank everybody for joining us. Um, in the comments section, we will bring up more of your comments at halftime and at full time. But all that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Laura and Alan, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.